Hi, I'm Michael Hyatt. And I'm Megan Hyatt-Miller. And this is Lead to Win, our weekly podcast to help you win at work and succeed at life. And today we're going to be talking about stress. In fact, we're specifically going to be talking about three truths to change how you experience stress. Okay, this is going to be maybe a little controversial. We might ruffle some feathers. We're definitely going to you know, stoke a little curiosity. I think this is a topic that we don't talk about enough except to say stress is bad. We shouldn't have very much of it. Everybody's overwhelmed. Everybody's burnout. But, you know, this is something we've got to really look at and be careful that we don't overcorrect on the other side or we're going to have a problem, right? So today we're going to be talking about three truths about stress that can really change how you experience it because, we're going to get into this, but stress is just kind of a fact, you know, and, and it's it's going to be part of our life. So the question is, as business owners, as leaders, how are we going to intentionally design our experience of it so it can be positive instead of overwhelmingly negative? I think this is an important conversation. First of all, it's a cultural conversation. There's a lot of discussion about stress, burnout, overwhelm. And like those are the evil things, you know, the unholy trinity that needs to be eliminated from our lives. And the problem is when we kind of have that mindset that these are things that are always bad, that should always be eliminated, we set ourselves up for failure. And in fact, when we don't expect stress and then we experience some stress, it actually creates more stress, right? So we've got to have a view or we've got to have the discernment to distinguish between Good stress and bad stress, and not all not all stress is bad. And that's basically our argument today, that some stress is necessary, some stress is helpful, and some stress we don't need to eliminate. In fact, we need more of it. Okay, that's really controversial, but let's get into it. All right, Ken, do you know what's happening right now? No, I have no idea. <laughs> Well, first of all, it's your favorite time of year, finally. It's, yes! We can act, okay, like I give approval for us to actually listen to Christmas music now that Thanksgiving's over. Jingle bells, jingle bells. Yes. Uh, it's our holiday sale here at Full Focus. Oh, And we have better. some really awesome deals going on, especially if for some reason you missed out on our Black Friday deals. This is a great time to get your planners and everything for the new year. And so we have got uh, some awesome deals. So we've got 10% off site-wide. Um, we've got where you can get a free, um, your best year ever vinyl sticker pack for any new planner subscri subscription that you sign up for. So these are great to put on things like your Stanley mug. Wow. You already put them on yeah. your Stanley mug. And if are you got them, them if you got them on black Friday, these are different. These are, these are going to be new for the new year. Uh, but they're great for that. You can also put them on your planner. You can put them on your computer, wherever you want them. But they're great. Good. They're great stickers. We're also doing 25% off courses. Let's go. So specifically, we've been talking a lot about our goal setting course. Um, and this is going to be $75 off and you get a free ticket to your best year ever live with your purchase. So you definitely don't. It's huge. like a crazy, crazy, crazy deal. So you don't want to miss out on that. And your favorite thing, which is our certification program. We're doing $800 off of it. And this is a fantastic time of year to get in. Um, we are actually going to be doing a beta group for our new digital planner. 
Yes, it's going to be fantastic. crazy exciting. So anyways, go to fullfocusstore.com now. Shop our holiday sale. Make sure to use the code HOLIDAY10 to get all these deals and more. Okay, so we should probably start before we even dive into this conversation, which I'm so excited about. We're we are the double win team, right? Team double win. Like we're all about winning at work and succeeding at life. We don't want people overworking. We want people prioritizing their family, their health, you know, their contribution in their community outside of work. Like this, these are the things that we care about. We also want people to have thriving businesses with fantastic operating results, right? So it seems like stress would be the great villain in that story of the double win, but that's not exactly the case. So before you might be tempted to think, well, are you guys contradicting yourself with all this talk of the double win and now you're gonna tell me that stress is actually a good thing, not a bad thing? We should just talk about that for a second, Dad. Yeah, I think we should because again, it kind of goes back to this idea of, you know, all stress is bad which I think is a is a mistaken idea. Not all stress is bad. And in fact, I think we should go into the first truth that we want to talk about because I think that that this will address it. And that is that stress is unavoidable. It's just is. You're not going to get through life without experiencing stress, even if you're committed to the double win. There's going to be stress at home. There's going to be stress at work. And the truth is, it's that stress that often acts as a polishing agent on our on our character and on our skill set, and it forces us to grow. And that's a good thing. Absolutely. Well, maybe we should even back up for a second and just really be clear about what we're talking about when we talk about stress. So this is my definition as I was thinking about it as we we're preparing for this episode. I think stress is really that experience, whether positive or negative, that results from our evaluation of our own ability to overcome the gap between the internal resources that we think we have and the challenges that we think we're facing. So basically, stress is the experience that we have based on that evaluation of our ability to overcome the gap between our internal resources and the challenges that we're facing. So that can be a positive thing. You know, you think about like exercise or weightlifting, or it can be what we think of as a really negative thing. If we feel overwhelmed or maybe burnout, there's too much or it goes on too long. Um, and that can feel negative. It's really that gap between what we think we have to bring to the table and what life is demanding from us. That gap is where stress comes in. So I think this is this point about stress being unavoidable is really key because if you think about what it takes to start a business, to successfully grow a business, what it takes to uh, be successfully married or in a long-term relationship, to have a family, to contribute to something meaningful in your community, to pursue health. I mean, those are not like laying on the couch activities. You know, that's not like you're on a beach somewhere. I mean, that that requires some stress. You're You're always creating a bigger gap between the resources that you have now and what you're trying to do in the world. Thus, stress enters the picture, right? That's really good. And that reminds me of this um, research that was done by psychologist Kelly McGonigal. And she said that stress is a barometer of how engaged you are with your life and your goals. In other words, it's a natural byproduct of action. So countries with higher self-reported stress levels, guess what? They're also the countries with higher levels of well-being, life satisfaction, 
happiness, and interestingly, GDP. Hmm. Okay, so we have to differentiate between different kinds of stress. Not all stress is created equal. And we used to have, Megan, a person that we worked with closely, was an outside partner who basically viewed all stress as negative. So the moment he started to experience a little stress, he would back up from it and just stop that activity, which, by the way, created a lot of stress for everybody else in his life, including us. So not all stress is negative. Not all stress is positive. And psychologists even have terms for this. So the kind of stress that's negative, that's destructive, that you feel in your body, that affects your health, that affects your relationships and all that is called distress. But there's another kind of stress. And that's the kind of stress that's positive, that's constructive, that builds you up, that makes you more resilient, more able to handle bigger challenges in the future. And psychologists call that eustress, like E-U, eustress. And so eustress is what you experience at the gym when you put pressure on yourself to lift weight that you've never lifted before. Now, too much of that can turn into distress, right? So like if I try to lift something that's way beyond my capability, that's going to cause my body to go into distress. But some stress is the way that we build muscle. It's the way that we develop resiliency. It's the way that we become more healthy, that we strengthen our immune systems and all the rest. So you stress good, distress bad. We need more of the former and less of the latter. This is a big idea. This is a big idea. Because if you think knee-jerk reaction, assumption you don't even know you have, stress is bad. When you experience stress, when you have a gap between your internal resources and the challenges you're trying to face or that you're facing or what you're trying to do in the world, you're, you're going to get this message of abort, 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 right? Like run for the hills, go do something else. And that's going to actually, if you stay in the situation that you're in, it's going to create more stress or more likely you're just going to give up and really try to stay in your comfort zone. But we know from our own research in a goal setting that it, unless you get outside of your comfort zone, you're not going to achieve anything that's worthwhile, whether that uh, is a thriving business that's making a meaningful impact in the world or a family that, uh, you know, really stands the test of time or, or health that enables you to do all the things that matter to you in your life. Like those things require you to step out of your comfort zone if you're going to make progress. And so how we think about this is just so critical. And this is an area that I think is largely unexamined for people. Well, to give an example, and I'm, Megan, I'm going to use you as the example, but any of you who are parents know that this is a real thing. You're going to, from time to time, experience stress with your kids, right? <laughs> and by time to time, we mean every other hour <laughs> for, <laughs> for at least 20 years per kid, maybe 30. <laughs> well, and young parents don't always know this. Yeah. But this is one of the gifts of parenthood is that it really does develop your character and it makes yeah. you more resilient. And so you had an experience last week with one of your kids, just, you know, normal kind of thing that parents are going to experience from time to time. And it was stressful. And I, you know, was kind of thinking to myself, I'm glad I'm past that, though I still face stress <laughs> in my own life. But you seem to handle it with such calm and just kind of as a matter of course. Well, my guess is that 10 or 15 years ago, that wouldn't have been the case. Right. That's but you're, you're like a well-trained athlete who's been working out in the gym for a long time. 
And so when these things happen to you with your kids, you don't freak out, you don't panic, you don't beat yourself up, you don't say, oh my God, I'm, I'm doing something wrong or there's something wrong or the world's falling apart, but you're able to take that in stride. So anything you want to say about that? Yeah, well, you know, people have heard me talk before, if you've listened to this podcast for a while or followed our work for a while, that uh, some of my kids have special needs. And uh, we had a significant situation that happened in school a couple weeks ago that necessitated kind of an emergency-ish therapy intensive trip. We go to Cleveland for therapy several times a year, and we made an extra trip to Cleveland. And I got back, and yeah, you were asking me how it went. And, you know, I just said, oh, well, you know, we not sure if we're going to be able to continue at that school. We might have to change, you know, whatever. And I was just kind of nonchalant about it. And you were like, you know, wow, you're really resilient. And I said, you know, if I got upset and dialed up the drama about every one of these things, I would have emotionally burned out like about a decade ago, you know, and I have learned over time that you just figure it out, you know? And so what that means is when, and I would say in this part of my life, this is probably the most well-developed area you just realize you do figure it out. You you know, this is not going to be the end of the world. Every hard thing you've been through, somehow you figure it out and you go into the next thing. And it just enables me to not experience that stress between the resources I experience or I think I have now and that gap between the challenges I'm facing. Because I know like somehow in ways that I don't even understand right now, somehow I'll bridge that gap by God's grace and we'll be okay. And, you know, the, I, I don't always have that perspective, but that's the perspective I want to have when I face any challenges, because I think that's true. You know, we do figure it out and gosh, it adds a lot of pain and suffering to our life when we go to catastrophizing, which I can totally do. I mean, I, you know, Joel, my husband is on this call with us, uh, helping, you know, to guide the conversation and, and he could attest to that, but, you know, hope the older I get, the better I get at just, uh, framing this in a way that's empowering instead of disempowering. Okay, I want to ask you another question. In preparation for this, you used a phrase that I'd never heard before, but it instantly rang true, and I want you to expand upon it. But you referred to something you called trauma inflation. (laughs) Well, first of all, I say this tongue-in-cheek as a parent who has children who have endured capital T trauma that's very significant. You know, we're adoptive parents. So we we take trauma in our house very seriously. We're very trauma-informed. We've done a lot of research. This is not a flippant comment. Um, or an uninformed comment. This is what I have seen, though, is especially in the last probably five years, the language of trauma has really kind of gone mainstream. You know, probably more people than ever are in therapy, which it's awesome. I'm all for that. Uh, I have been a a frequenter of therapy myself throughout the years. Uh, But at the same time, I think sometimes we forget that there's capital T trauma and there's lowercase t trauma and capital T trauma is like, you know, surviving a natural disaster, having someone close to you die unexpectedly um, or traumatically, uh, you know, surviving assault. I mean, the list goes on, you know, there's stuff we're all familiar with. And then it's like, you know, we start using this language of trauma like, you know, my job description changed. That was really traumatic. It's like, no, it literally was not traumatic by definition. It was a change. And that might have created some friction for you. You might not have liked it, but but something you don't like that you maybe you really don't like doesn't necessarily constitute trauma. It probably does not. And so I think that the problem is when everything is trauma, it's kind of like nothing is trauma. And I think 
Trauma is really important to understand and properly work through with the help of professional guidance. And I think when we make everything trauma, we kind of infantilize ourselves around normal, ordinary stress in life that is just part of being an adult and contributing in the world and having a meaningful life. And uh, we need to, to save the trauma for the real trauma and you know, just expect that they're, like we said in the, the first point here, that stress is unavoidable and stress and trauma are not the same thing. And I think we've come to a place where we actually use those words almost interchangeably and they're just not the same. Marissa, I cannot tell you how excited I am for your best year ever live coming up January 5th. Yes, I'm so excited too. I can't wait. Yes, this is the event that you would want to come attend. If you're just like, man, I want to look at how well did I do in the past, but I also want to set myself up for success to have, like we call it in the title, your best yeah. year ever. This is the event you want to be at. We have thousands of people coming to this event yes. already. And you and I will be emceeing this event. Yes. So there's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of excitement to come join us to make it a great year for you. Yes. Now, in order for you to receive it, all you have to do is buy the full focus goal setting course and you get a ticket to your best year ever. Yes. And the best part is that that course is 25% off right now. So... Uh, you're going to get a discount and a ticket to the live event, which is normally $197. That's a killer so deal. So it's a killer deal. It's a no-brainer in my opinion. Um, but definitely join us. It's going to be so much fun. January 5th, it's totally virtual. So no matter where you are in the world or um, you know whether you can get on a plane or not, don't worry about it. You don't have to. You can do this from the comfort of your own home. And we'll be right there. Yeah. And just imagine having your goals already set for the entire year and a plan to execute them. Yeah. That's worth all the money that you can. And the best part, it's a free event for you yeah. if you buy the Full Focus Goal Setting Course. Yes. All right. Well, we would love to see you there. So make sure to go to fullfocusstore.com and take advantage of this deal. We'd love to see you at your best driver live. And that brings us really to truth number two, stress is a mindset. This really reminds me of my experience stepping into the world of public speaking. So I've talked about this so much on this podcast about, you know, how several years ago I was deathly, and I don't use that word lightly, deathly afraid of being on stage and speaking, like delivering a keynote. Over time, I've gotten more you know, comfortable with doing things informally like Q&As or whatever on stage, but I was really scared, really scared. I did define my whole growing up uh, years as well as, or, you know, the first, uh, I don't know, 15 or, or almost 20 years of my adulthood. So I decided to speak, you know, I, I went on stage, I did it, it was great. It's a long story. You can look up the podcast, we can link to it in the show notes. One of the parts of how I was able to get over my fear of speaking was to really reframe what the physical sensations of stress meant when they came up in my body. So what I had told myself previously, which is really the, the mindset that McGonagall identifies in her work around stress, is two mindsets. One, mindset number one is stress is harmful. Okay, so what I told myself with speaking was when I start to feel my mouth get a little dry, when I start to feel it's difficult to take a deep breath, when I feel my heart rate start to speed up, 
that means I'm about to completely melt down physically, which is what I thought would happen. I really thought I would lose control of my body, which is like a funny thing to say now because I've done it many times and it's never happened. You know, those fears have never come to light. But that's what I thought. What I started to say to myself was, and that I got this for you, from you, is that's just my body getting ready to perform, of course. And then it just goes away. You know, what I found is about two to three minutes in, at the most, all that stuff dissipates. I'm totally present. Adrenaline is my best friend. I actually enjoy it. But I never got past those first couple minutes because I was I was really stuck in that mindset that McGonagall identifies as being, you know, telling myself stress is harmful. So that's where you'd say things like, gosh, stress just drains me. It prevents me from achieving my goals. It undermines my health. And certainly in excess, it can. But the alternative is her mindset number two, which is stress is enhancing. Stress actually improves my performance. And this is what I've learned about speaking. The adrenaline rush that you get when you speak sharpens your mind in ways that like nothing else is gonna do that. I mean, there there are few places where you think better than when you have that kind of rush of adrenaline that comes with performance of whatever the context is for that. Um, It also facilitates learning and achievement. Like, wow, that can kind of be our best friend in a way. And you can imagine that what you're telling yourself, whether this it's mindset number one, stress is harmful, or mindset number two, stress is enhancing, radically uh, transforms how you experience the physical sensations and emotional sensations of stress. You know, I'm, I'm reminded of this mindset issue when it comes to air travel. So that's now a thing again. Like it wasn't for the pandemic, but now we're all traveling. And I was in an airport recently and there was somebody trying to negotiate with um, the the person at the ticket counter and their flight had been delayed and they were losing their freaking mind, right? (laughs) They had no frustration tolerance. Their mindset was this was all bad. And all I could remember was that question that we love to ask ourselves that I got from my coach Eileen at one time. What does this make possible? And, and literally, I used to stress out at travel too, mm-hmm. you know, when things would happen that were unexpected. But here's the one thing that we absolutely know for sure when it comes to air travel or any other kind of travel, there are going to be unexpected challenges. Things are rarely going to go according to plan. Mm-hmm. But that's okay, because what does it make possible? You know, one of the things I've learned is that when I'm in an airport, when a flight's been delayed, that's an enormous opportunity to get tremendous amount of work done, right? Because I can be in near isolation you know, there's some, somehow in the midst of all those people, I'm like in this little bubble and I can really focus. Maybe that means I'm ADD. I have to have a little bit of noise. I don't know, but I'm able to get a lot done. But it's all a mindset and how we approach those situations will determine how we react and more importantly, what we experience. Yeah. If you expect that to be a negative thing, you're going to be distressed. But if you see it as a positive thing, you can experience you stress. Well, it reminds me of going to Cleveland this week for, you know, that kind of emergency therapy trip with one of our kids. I ended up driving. It's like eight hours from Nashville. And, you know, that wasn't really what I wanted to do (laughs) with last week. I had all kinds of other things that I would have liked to have done. However, it was clearly necessary. And so I thought, okay, this can either be miserable or this can be a profitable time. And so what was great, I, d- I drove with just one of our kids. So I didn't have anybody else in the car. And uh, he was watching a movie the whole time, you know, that the, the joy of uh, entertainment systems and cars. So I got 
great phone calls done with meetings that if I had been in my normal schedule, I wouldn't have had time for. I got two books read in the car and I listened to about five podcasts. And at the very end, I did a 90s country marathon sing-along with myself for the last two hours. And it was a blast. I sang all of my favorite old country songs, listening to Apple music, you know, because I'm like trying to keep myself awake at the end of this long trip. And it was You know, that could have either been a miserable waste of time that I felt a ton of stress because I was missing out on meetings I needed to be in or I needed to be at the office, or it could be really productive. And it it turned out to be, honestly, a great use of time that I loved. If only we had a recording of that. (laughs) That would be so, so valuable. I don't know what we could do with it. Maybe, you know, bribe you or blackmail you at some point. Yeah, that's what I'm worried about. If if you're wondering, the the best part was Garth Brooks, Always and Forever, right? Okay, if you know, you know. And then I really dug this out of the archives, some Mary Chapin Carpenter. Also, if you know, you know. But that, I mean, that's a real blast from the past. So Unbelievable. Yeah, feel, feel free to recreate your own moment. That leads naturally into our third truth, which is stress is a choice. That's hard to say, but it's true. What you experience when pressure comes into your life is in many ways a choice, you know, and that's not to minimize traumatic situations. I know those are like a separate thing, but you're responsible for your own stress and you've got a lot more control than you think. So just a couple of things, and we've talked around these, but I just want to call these out and name them. First of all, reframe it. So I remember talking on the phone, this was years ago, I was on the phone, I was going to a speaking engagement in San Diego. Somebody called me on the phone right as we, as I sat down in my seat before we were leaving, before they told us to turn our phones off. And he said, so what are you doing? And I said, well, I have to go to San Diego. And I caught myself. And I thought, I have to go? Nobody's holding a gun to my head. I'm getting to do what I said I left the corporate world to do, which was to do public speaking. I am living the dream, baby. And so I, I, so I said, wait a second, I want to say that again. I said this to my friend. I said, I get to go to San Diego because I've got a speaking engagement. But just that little shift, just that little reframe changed everything, which also is a good reminder that the language that we use can influence the way that we experience it. So if we use catastrophic language, or negative language, it's likely that we'll have a catastrophic experience. You know, and I can remember another situation coming home from work and Gail said, how, she said, this is my wife, Gail. She said, how, how was your day? And I said, it was horrible. She said, well, tell me about it. So I told her about it. And after I told her the whole experience, she said to me, it sounds to me like you had a really bad 30 minutes, but the rest of the day was pretty good. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. And I, and I said, that's exactly what happened. But my language had amplified and intensified the experience. So there's this this way that our language influences our experience, and we got to watch our mouth. You know, you and I have been talking about this a lot in the last couple months. Just this this whole idea of amplification and the language that we use, particularly as business owners and leaders, 
because we set the emotional tone for a whole company. And so if we're running around with our hair on fire and we use a lot of intense, dramatic language rather than kind of detached and neutral language as much as possible, um, that really has a different outcome for the people who work for us, you know? Uh, and, and typically whatever we say or do gets amplified. I mean, this is this is just how leadership works, you know? So even if you're using that neutral language or more neutral language, the, the likelihood is the people who hear that are on the receiving end are gonna amp it up anyway. And so especially if you kind of allow yourself self-indulgently to use amplified, you know, catastrophizing kind of language, then imagine that getting dialed up by 25 or 50%. And all of a sudden, you know, you have people whipped up into a frenzy or a panic when you were just like a little late eating lunch and your blood sugar was low. And so you just kind of gave into yourself and, and let yourself, you know, again, from a place of self-indulgent, just kind of say whatever you thought. And so I don't know. I think that that, that plays in here. That's where I think in our own personal practices, we need to get adept at processing stress. So yeah. exercise is fantastic yes. for that. You know, it's one of the reasons why I aim to exercise five days a week, because it's a way for me to kind of process the stress in a natural and healthy way. But another thing too, I'm not doing it right now, but just talking about this makes me want to do it, but it's meditation. Yeah. You know, that can be a, a great way also. I know when I do meditate, I feel better. I don't experience as much stress. I, it's a chance to to kind of breathe, get perspective, and get back in the game. You know, I, I can't remember the name of this book, um, but I heard somebody talk about stress. It was during the pandemic, and they were talking about exercise. And they were saying part of why we experience stress so negatively is because our stress response was designed for like being chased by a bear, right? Hit of adrenaline, you run, you know, you either get eaten or you outrun the bear. I mean, those are kind of like the two options, you know, and, and there's no like, for most of us, there are no real bears unless maybe you live in the West. Uh, and you know, so it, it's not, we don't have that physical threat. We just have kind of an existential or psychological stress that we're experiencing. And so what's what's great is when you're running from the bear, you actually dissipate all those stress hormones in the running. And so by the time you get into, you know, the village or wherever you're, you're going, uh, you've actually processed the stress, which we don't have naturally built into our lives. And so that's where exercise can really come in handy. You actually functionally move through those chemicals and other things, hormones that are in your body by exercising, which helps to get to the place of like it's resolved uh, chemically in your body in a way that's really productive, which I think is helpful. So one of the important things, Daddy, you were talking about trauma earlier, is that part of what creates a traumatic experience for people is a sense of powerlessness. You know, there's there's lots of research on this, but basically you can have two people experience the same quote unquote traumatic event. And what really is the determining factor is whether it becomes trauma for them is how powerless they feel. And you think about like kids, right? Kids are very powerless, which is why so many adverse experiences in early life are truly traumatic because they had no they had no power. They were they were victims in that situation. And so I think um, as we as we consider how we reframe stress, if we can figure out how to do it in a way that is empowering, you know, what do you have agency over? What do you have confidence in? Those kinds of things. I, I, again, I'm not really talking about how to handle trauma. That's beyond our expertise. But what I, I think there's lessons to learn from the research there as we think about stress. If you can focus on 
empowering language, empowering activities, that really changes and empowering mindsets, how you're going to experience stress in a way that can be productive instead of destructive. An example of that, back when I was in college, I worked for a boss that was really difficult to work for. And he provided a lot of opportunity for me to learn to manage stress. (laughs) But I can remember making the choice because I could have quit, right? And I think that's what people forget sometimes. So by staying, I was choosing to stay and subject myself to it. And that summer, I grew more than I'd ever grown before. I felt like I learned some life lessons that to this day, I still refer to. But it was that whole thing, Megan, we're talking about where you feel like you have a sense of empowerment. Because again, nobody was holding a gun to my head. I didn't have to stay in that job. I could have gotten another one, but I chose to because I felt like learning to manage that level of stress with a bad boss was probably going to be important later. Wow. Did I underestimate that? Because I worked for a lot of bad bosses, but that's where I first began to learn how to deal with it. Okay, today we've been talking about three truths, three truths to change how you experience stress. Number one, stress is unavoidable. Truth number two, stress is a mindset. And truth number three, stress is a choice. Megan, do you have any final thoughts? Well, you know, we started this conversation talking about how to, how to think about stress and the double win together. They're really not antithetical to each other, that they actually can be complimentary. And I think what we're asking people to do at Full Focus is uh, to pursue a life of intention and meaning uh, in such a way that ultimately they can win at work and succeed at life. And if you're the kind of person who's not just going to settle for, you know, the mainstream version of success, you really want to do this on your own terms in a way that aligns with your values, you're going to experience stress. You're going to have to be out of your comfort zone in order to accomplish things that matter for you and to really take a stand for the life that you want for the people that you serve and you care about. And that's where I think it's so empowering to develop a different relationship with stress and actually make friends with stress because it could be the very thing that points the way toward your version of the double win winning at work and succeeding in life. Well, I love this topic. First of all, it's very countercultural, but I think it's a message for our time because a lot of ex- people are experiencing this. But I think today, hopefully, we've given some real handles on how to deal with this. So guys, thanks for joining us. We'll look forward to being with you next time. But until then, lead to win. All right, Ken, do you know what's happening right now? No, I have no idea. <laughs> well, first of all, it's your favorite time of year, finally. It's, yes! We can act, okay, like I give approval for us to actually listen to Christmas music now that Thanksgiving's over. Jingle bells, jingle. Yes. Uh, it's our holiday sale here at Full Focus. Oh, And we have better. some really awesome deals going on, especially if for some reason you missed out on our Black Friday deals. This is a great time to get your planners and everything for the new year. And so we have got uh, some awesome deals. So we've got 10% off site-wide. Um, we've got where you can get a free um, Your Best Year Ever vinyl sticker pack. For any new planner subscription that you sign up for. So these are great to put on things like your Stanley mug. 
Wow, you already put them on yeah. your Stanley mug. And if are you got them, them if you got them on Black Friday, these are different. These are these are going to be new for the new year. Uh, but they're great for that. You can also put them on your planner. You can put them on your computer, wherever you want them. But they're great. great. They're great stickers. We're also doing 25% off courses. Let's go. So specifically, we've been talking a lot about our goal setting course. Um, and this is going to be $75 off and you get a free ticket to your best year ever live with your purchase. So you definitely don't. It's huge. like a crazy, crazy, crazy deal. So you don't want to miss out on that. And your favorite thing, which is our certification program we're doing $800 off of it. And this is a fantastic time of year to get in. Um, we are actually going to be doing a beta group for our new digital planner. Yes. It's going to be fantastic. Crazy exciting. So anyways, go to fullfocusstore.com now shop our holiday sale. Make sure to use the code holiday 10 to get all these deals and more.